0: Everybody, welcome to Hidden Gems Podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about streaming services and talk about some hidden gems that are on that service. And today, you'll have to forgive me because I have sick voice because I'm congested, and I'm sorry, but I don't have COVID, so no worries. I tested twice, uh, but uh, but uh, I'm filmmaker Grace Wagner. I'm here uh, to talk about some hidden gems. And uh, Ryan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Rachel. It's good to see you again. I'm yes. so sorry that you're a bit under the weather, but uh like Lee said, it could be worse. And I think I think we're definitely in the uh we're now in the time frame of well, like COVID's the go to, but now it's not really that anymore. It's like we have to like say, It's not, but it's actually <laughs> we have to accept- Yeah, I
0: mean sick is sick at a certain point, like it really doesn't I don't think matter that much, but uh but uh but yeah. Uh it's a little wicked little infection or whatever that I got. So uh just trying to to drink a lot of water and, and uh get better.
1: Yeah, that's really all that you can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you just came out for a visit. Luckily you, uh, weren't here for me being sick. So that worked out good. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was fun. We got to see a couple shows. We got to swim in the Great Salt Lake. We, uh, we, we packed it in pretty good that weekend.
1: Yeah. I had a really, really fun time and I wanted to thank you for letting me crash at your place because, um, I, I really did have a good time there doing that swim. That was really yeah the thing that i was looking to really just like conquer and i did yeah
0: yeah it's like nothing else swimming in the great salt lake
1: (laughs) yeah and i've already got a 5k that i'm going to be signing up for the weekend of the 4th of july which the 4th of july is on a monday that's just weird to me i don't know about anyone else at home it just always feels like a perpetual like weekend kind of thing if that makes any sense
0: yeah it's kind of it does feel like uh labor day or memorial day or something like that even though it's fourth of july is the name obviously but i get i get what you're saying
1: yeah you always say the fourth of july weekend is like you just like say oh it's the fourth of july yeah and there's like something afterwards but you can't say that in certain cases right so it's it's awkward when you don't say weekend after it
0: Yeah, and we got to see, uh, we saw Greece, we saw A West Side Story, and we saw Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, the Disney uh, adaptation. Uh, So, yeah, what were your thoughts?
1: I I really loved all three of the shows. You know, I haven't really been to local theater in a really long time up to that point, so I really didn't know what I was going into. Uh Uh-huh everybody brought it like I give all the credit in the world to each and every one of those performers because they came in and they, they rocked the house. They they really, they really brought it. And so I give them all the credit.
0: Yeah. They were so good. Amazing. And we went and saw the uh, Bonneville salt flats, which I hadn't done in so long. So that was, that was uh, pretty fun to get to see. And uh, a lot of movies shot there in the Salt Flats.
1: So <laughs> that was yeah, fun. And seeing it, it was like I was on another planet. I was just yeah. looking out there and I was like, wow, we have a truly great creator to, for him to create something like this.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, it was a fun trip. I You got to go to the drive-in for the first time.
1: Yeah, I did. It, we saw Top Gun, and seeing that again, even though I knew what was going to happen, it was still a great time. I just, yeah. I can't get enough of seeing that scene of Maverick and Ice one last time. That was just, it warms my soul.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. I've seen it three times now. Uh, as of Top as Gun of this,
1: as of this recording, this movie has officially made a billion dollars. So, did it really? Yeah, say what you want to about Tom Cruise, but that man's a draw.
0: That's <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, it's a really good film. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh well, I guess we should dive into our assignment of the day. Uh we are talking HBO Max. And this is our tenth episode of Hing Jebs on HBO Max. Can you believe it?
1: No, I can't. I remember when this thing dropped and we made a video a long time ago, like um, You just got rid of Harry Potter and now you're getting rid of your DC stuff. Like, right. What,
0: I forgot we did that video. What's I'm like, going where's on? Wonder Woman going?
1: <laughs> and now it's like my favorite streaming service that I have. It's like a one-stop shop of uh-huh. whatever you're feeling in the moment. If you want it, HBO Max has probably got it.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's a really good one. I mean, they got all those anime, they have the TCMs, they got lots of classics. Uh, it's It's a sleeper, I would say, Uh, service.
1: Yeah, I Uh, agree 100%. Yeah,
0: well, let's dive in. What is your first pick?
1: So my first choice, and I picked a couple of these, like some of my choices, they're not exactly like the best stuff out there. These are just movies that I personally enjoy just because. Uh, Uh, One of those choices is nonstop. This is directed by Wami Colet Sara, and this is one of those Wami colet Sarah, Liam Neeson movies that involves Liam Neeson on some kind of vehicle trying to stop a disaster from happening. And in this particular one, he's an air marshal where he has to stop someone from bombing the plane out of the air, and he has to figure out who that is. And it's heavily rumored that it is, in fact, him when it is actually not. Uh, Like I said, these movies definitely are not, like, they, they definitely feel kind of samey. It's like after this, it was The Commuter, which was kind of along that same vibe. And I get why people wouldn't like them, but these types of Liam Neeson movies are kind of like pizza. Even the bad ones, I still get a kick out of. And I get a kick out of this one. Like mm-hmm. I said, Liam Neeson's in here. Julianne Moore is in here and she's good. Uh, I mean, she's Julianne Moore, so. Yeah. Course. And I just love this. I love this mystery. I love how he's he's getting these phone calls from the from this random person on this plane he doesn't know who it is but he knows he or she knows a lot about him including the fact that he disables the smoke alarm to smoke in the in the airport bathroom and then reassemble the smoke detector which is a federal offense so someone knows that that the Air Marshal's have been doing some not so good stuff. But it's it's a compelling mystery. The final few minutes are really good. I don't know, it's, it's definitely, you're definitely seeing with Lee Neeson, especially this year, I haven't seen Memory, but I've heard it's really bad, and Blacklight, the same thing. So they're kind of losing steam, but I don't know. I just enjoy these.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, we all have those movies, those guilty pleasures. I'll be talking about one coming up myself. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, my uh, first choice is uh, a show and it is Julia, which is a show, a series of, based on Julia Child, who I love Julia Child so much. Uh, and so I'll watch anything about her, about her life. Uh, or her cooking shows, or Julie and Julia Julia. I just love her. I think she was just a great, interesting, unique person, and I love the fact that she started her whole cooking career when she was like forty. She didn't graduate Cornell Blue until she was thirty-nine, and uh, and then so everything that we know about Julia Child was all post forty. And uh, I just think that's really neat uh, as somebody who's 41 myself, <laughs> that's inspiring. And uh, this series is pretty basic as far as just going through her life. And and uh, uh, it has Sarah Lancashire play Julia Child. And I think she does a pretty good job in general, but she doesn't really capture the voice very well. So it took me a little bit to get into it. But once I kind of reconciled that, I I really enjoyed it and you have uh, David Hyde Pierce played Paul Childs her husband and he's really good and then you have Bibi Newworth, who's a Broadway veteran and was on Frasier or something like she plays her best friend Avis and uh, yeah I really enjoyed it it's a sweet fun little series.
1: You know Julia Child seems like the kind of person who if social media were around back then she'd have like millions of followers
0: oh yeah no question
1: yeah yeah i agree youtube existed back then she would have like she would have had the silver and the gold play button
0: yeah for real she would be all over like tiktok and stuff like that (laughs) she just she was fearless so i really admire her a lot so if you're a fan or even if you're not a fan and you just want a, a sweet, enjoyable story about a marriage and a life, and that it's a good, it's a good series. I enjoyed it. What about you? What do you have next?
1: So my next choice is a TV series, and this really does appeal to my childhood. I grew up watching this show. It's the OG Jetsons, the originals. Now, if you, any of you have followed me for any length of time, you will know that I am a very big Hanna Barbera fan. I love pretty much all of their work. And when you think of Hanna-Barbera, your mind probably snaps to either Scooby-Doo or the Flintstones. The Jetsons is kind of like the Flintstones, but in the future instead of the prehistoric past. But I still love, I, I still love the Jetsons. I would watch when it was showing on Boomerang, just like endless marathons of the Jetsons, even though I saw a lot of the episodes before and probably knew what was going to happen, I would still watch them anyway. I just, I love this animation. I love, I love George and Jane and Elroy, and I I love the designs. I love the future cars. I love how a lot of the jokes revolve around how To like my young 2004 brain, I thought that was the coolest thing ever, but they thought it was just completely mundane. Like, I remember in one of the first episodes, uh, Jane has to do these finger exercises and and Uh, she has like a personal trainer, or it's like, and we're going to push the button, it's like one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, rest. (sighs) And she lets out a breath like she just did an Iron Man or something. I'm like, woman all you have to do is do this Just like like that's what we do and i'm not even tired so it's a lot of stuff like that it, it's kind of recycled from the flintstones where they would use like a bird or like the bird's hair to like brush their teeth or do something like that and the bird would look to the camera and be like that's the third time they've done that this week and so something like that yeah but but i love it I i love the designs i love the humor it just really, it really speaks to me.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that many episodes of the Jetsons. I've seen uh, an episode here or there. I have seen the the movie, the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. Have if you've ever seen that. That's a pretty good TV movie. It has been a while,
1: but yes, I have seen
0: it. Yeah. So I remember thinking it was fun, charming, uh, but it has been a while. So it's nice to know the whole series is on uh, HBO Max.
1: From what I know, yes. Yeah, cool. H- Hanna Barbera were workhorses. I mean, from the sixties, yeah, eighties, and nineties. Like, there's, a, I recommend everyone check out the channel Marvelous Videos. They did a, um, they did a series of earlier this month where they they do like daily uploads, like two or three times a day. And a couple of their uploads were about awesome Hanna Barbera shows you've never heard of, like. The new adventures of Popeye or Captain Planet, which I had heard of Captain Planet. I've seen every episode of Captain Planet, but I like Space Ghost, not Coast to Coast, that came later. There was an original Space Ghost, which is awesome. And Johnny Quest, which I've recommended in an HBO Max episode before, and that was really good. So, yeah, Hanna Barbera have just an avalanche of content, yeah. like action cartoons and not to mention like Yogi Bear Huckleberry Hound like Quick Draw McGraw (laughs) I could go on for days and days yeah
0: it's definitely a weakness in my animation fandom knowledge I have to say is is Hanna-Barbera I have not seen that much I've seen things here and there I've I've practically seen no Scooby-Doo I am it is I don't know, it's, it's a problem I need to fix somehow. So one of these days, I just need to do like a huge Anna Barbera binge fest. <laughs>
1: OG Scooby-Doo is fantastic. There are some reboots that are like, come on guys, really? You went with there? And I haven't seen Scoob. I've heard it's bad. Especially... I didn't
0: like it, but yes. it's the only thing I've seen.
1: I've, I've heard it's not good because they try to do the whole Hanna Barbera universe thing, which I would love, but it feels very forced. I'm just gonna have to wait and see on that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, my next pick is a little movie, a little rom-com as with a sci-fi element, and it's called Moonshot. It came out this year; it's a 2022 release. It stars Lana Colander and Cole Sprouse, and basically, they live in this world where uh, the Mars is being colonized, and they want to make it. On Mars, both of them, uh, and they're they're having a hard time figuring out how. And so, when Lana's character, she has a boyfriend who is on Mars, and she gets a ticket, she gets one of the the rare tickets. And then Cole Sprouse's character, he tries to get basically like a job, working on this on the spaceship to take them to Mars. But he doesn't get it, and then he falls in love like overnight with this woman, and not Lana Connor, a different woman. And so he wants to sneak uh, to get a, find a way to get to Mars. And so he sneaks on. She ends up Lana Connor finding him. So he becomes they. She becomes kind of implicated. If they discover that she, that she's hiding him, then she'll get in trouble. Anyway, various conferences. They uh they end up spending a lot of time together hiding and, and talking and, and things happened and it was it was cute. I liked it. I thought it was creative and I like Lana Condor, Cole Sprouse. They did a good job. Uh so this is not like revolutionary or anything, but I thought it was a cute watch. I enjoyed it.
1: Did they run into Matt Damon while they were there? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they should have. No, they run into Zach Braff. He's the uh the like head of the the Mars stuff. Oh, <laughs> so I think it, it was a cute little romance. So uh,
1: what do you have next? So my next choice is from 2009. And again, kind of playing into, into the kind of like dumb movie theme that I'm going with through my first half is a movie called 12 Rounds. This stars John Cena and this was before he would become peacemaker and star in these other things he was still very much wrestler john cena i had just gotten into watching wrestling around this time so i was pumped beyond belief for this movie it tells the story of of a cop who bungles a uh, a case and the bro and the brother of the person that ends up dying comes back and makes him play a game of 12 rounds it's kind of like Die Hard with a Vengeance, but not as good. But still, I have a lot of fun with this. It's very cheesy. You know exactly what you're getting when you're paying for it. It's kind of like one of those movies where it's like, it's probably best not to ask how the sausage is made, but there's still a lot of good action. John Cena is good for what he is trying to do. Let's just say he gets better in The Suicide Squad and Trainwreck and among other things. This is definitely pre before that john cena but uh, he's still good so i give this a modest recommendation it's dumb but it's dumb fun if that makes any sense
0: cool I, i've never heard of that one so that's good well I, my next choice is a movie i know you really don't like which is fine <sighs> uh, <laughs> but uh it's not a great movie I'm just a sucker for musicals. What can I say? Uh, but I I got some enjoyment out of it. I didn't hate it like other people did, like you did. Um, I we're talking about Dear Evan Hansen is my next choice. And I have never seen the Broadway musical, and I want to see it because I love the songs. And that's my main recommendation for this movie. I love the songs. I think they're so good. And overall, it's like trying to be a hopeful story about, uh, finding a reason to live and a reason to, uh, to, um, to work with other people and inspire other people. And, um, he lets a, you know, a white lie go too far. It's, it's, it is kind of a weird story. I get it, but I just love the song. So, That's why I would recommend it. (laughs) And I do think the performances are overall really good. I mean, it's a great cast. Um, So I don't think it's, I think it's flawed, but I didn't think it was one of the worst of the year for me.
1: I, I want to be nice. So I won't (laughs) tear this movie a new one like I did in my review and in my worst of the year list. But what I will say is that when I was creating that list in December of last year, I kind of pulled a Roger Ebert when he was reviewing North. It took me about a tenth of a second to figure out what my worst (laughs) of the year was. Because quite honestly, I thought this movie was disgusting. I I Mm -hmm. thought the message was just, it was so incredibly bad. And I'm not saying that anyone who likes it is bad. I'm not saying that. It just, for me, I thought it was just... Like, when people say that something is problematic, I think that's way overused nowadays. I think it, yeah. it, it just, it's not problematic. It's just something that you just don't like. That is definitely a problematic message to have. Like, I'm sure Evan's heart was in the right place, but just because you're lonely doesn't give you the right to intrude into someone else's life, especially when their son dies it drives me crazy when that whole scene happens where amy adams is like you knew our son and it's like how dumb and grief-stricken can you possibly be for this random person to just like say hey like like, like, i knew your son and in reality he knew him twice and both Mm -hmm. times he was just a terrible person to so again i don't want to go down the rabbit hole here uh, all that i will say is that i I'm, I'm not going to try and ruin the fun of those who do like it that's not my intention i just thought this was just this was crap
0: it was just yeah i i understand what they're trying to say and i i see some value in it i don't again this is a flawed film but I just I think it's worth watching if only for the for the songs I think are, are really great I love the songs um uh, also, so,
1: also before I don't move.
0: hate it like you
1: also before we move on let's just take one note to say that Ben Platt must be like the worst student ever because the dude's in his 40s and he's still in high school <laughs> like challenge, challenging John Travolta and Olivia Newton John from Greece as the oldest looking high schoolers you'll ever see and and I love and I love Greece the 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 movie. I've been back and forth on it in the past, but that has good songs too. But again, I just Ben Platt looks like a grown man, like in this high school. It is just yeah, no sense.
0: Yeah, I mean that's you see that all the time in high school movies and shows. I mean everybody in nine hundred two one zero was basically 30 when they did that show. I, I, I was, I was willing to forgive that as well. Um, I think that there are problems with the story and there are over the top moments, but I like the songs and I think overall it has a good heart. I can see what it's trying to say and uh, I like it. So I say it's worth a watch on HBO Max. So what do you have next?
1: So my next choice is from 1992, and it is one of my favorite biopics. It is called Chaplin. This was directed by Richard Attenborough, and it stars Robert Downey Jr. If you just know Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man, yes, he is very good as Iron Man, but he had a career long before that. He was actually nominated for an Oscar for this, if my memory serves me right. And this movie is about the life of Charlie Chaplin, going from Poor Orphan in London, to starting out in vaudeville, to going to Keystone Studios, making it really big, making The Great Dictator his fall because of trumped-up charges from J. Edgar Hoover, but that's a whole thing they explore in the movie. It just, for a biopic like this to cover someone like Charlie Chaplin, who Before movie stars like was the movie star for lack of a better word, it was like him and Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford and a lot of like others that pretty much paved the way for what we have today. Like he was on the ground floor for it all. And not to mention a lot of his movies hold up tremendously well, like Modern Times, Gold Rush, The Kid, my personal favorite. Charlie Chaplin has a solid body of work that still is tremendous to this very day. And so I think for someone who had such an epic life like Charlie Chaplin, they managed to cover it in about as good a fashion as you could ask for. It is long. It is about two and a half hours long. But with someone like Chaplin, I don't think you can, I think you can justify a length like that because for someone who... Lived such a fascinating life. I would be more than happy to commit to that. Not to mention, you got Kevin Klein as Douglas Fairbanks, and I think that was a very smart choice. And the movie was directed by Richard Attenborough, who is a who is a legend. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that one. Uh, I've wanted to, but I I've never seen it. So it'd be a good one to watch on HBO Max. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, my next pick is definitely a borderline gem, but I bet a lot of people don't know that you can watch Free Guy on HBO Max. I bet a lot of people think it's on Disney Plus because it's was a Disney released film. Well, no, because it's a Fox film. It's on HBO Max, and uh, and so uh, it's really cute. I thought I, I saw it. I think twice or three times. Um, I really thought the whole sort of double romance both uh and really there's a bromance too but uh I love jo- Jody Comer in the movie and uh her relationship with Joe Keery uh was really good and sweet and so you got that kind of going along at the same time that you have this character from the video game uh the free guy uh ryan reynolds and uh i just i thought it was funny i thought it was charming i just really enjoyed this film had heart
1: yeah i've i said in my review and i still maintain that this movie is actually a lot smarter than maybe some give credit for it's still very good the effects are great Ryan Reynolds is good. I can't hate anything. Taika Waititi is in. He's good as the villain. I like the I, I like that this movie actually looks at some serious questions about how something formed in a video game can become aware of its consciousness and trying to work out something like that. It's like if The Truman Show were a video game movie, if that makes any sense at all.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like a live-action Wreck-It Ralph in some ways.
1: Oh, that works too. Yeah. That works as well.
0: Yeah. So what do you have next?
1: So my last choice is from last year. And this is a movie that I feel a little sad got left behind. I can kind of understand why It, it kind of got the Blade Runner treatment. However, I think that this movie is actually quite intriguing and fascinating. It's reminiscence. It starred Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. And it tells the story of a man who works in, in a post-apocalyptic future. He works with people to remember stuff for them. And it involves a mysterious woman that he meets for the first time and can't get enough of. And then she disappears. And it's all about him trying to find her. and though she might not be exactly who she says she is. This movie did not do well. It it didn't really help that it was still in a bit of COVID time, so not really a ton of theaters were open to see it. I feel like the movie kind of got dumped, if that makes any sense at all. But I love sci-fi movies like this. That's why I love the OG Blade Runner. I love when it asks questions and it doesn't give you straight answers it lets you think about certain things i also love the ambiance of this i mean i wouldn't want to love i wouldn't want to live in a place like this where it's literally like oceanfront property for like 90 percent of the time but seeing it in pictures i mean it's really really cool and i like how hugh jackman has he has just a business-as-usual type of thing. I, I like his demeanor here. Rebecca Ferguson is good. I feel like this is definitely underappreciated, and I think for a certain genre sci-fi fan or a group of fans, I think it will be more appreciated as the years go on.
0: Well, I mean, I, I do agree. I think there is an audience for this film, uh, that people that love, you know, sort of more cerebral sci-fi will probably enjoy it. I am not one of those people. I do not enjoy the original Blade Runner. I find it very hard to stay awake in. I find it very slow. And, uh, and this also was so slow for me. Um, and also I felt like it lacked the emotional oomph it needed that, I mean, he's going into this machine and he's uh, seen, I think it was his wife, it's been a long time since I saw it, but he's seen people that have passed on and he's interacting with them and she is too. And if that happened to you, you would be so emotional. Like if I saw my grandpa, who I missed so much and I loved so much, who's passed on, my grandma as well. I would be so emotional, but but they never really have that kind of like emotional, visceral response that I feel like was needed to sell the movie more. Instead, it was just everything felt kind of flat to me, but it is beautiful and it is creative and it does have something to say. And I appreciate that. So I can see why you enjoyed it. It was not my favorite. I didn't hate it, but... It was it was just uh, I know I didn't love it, but I could I could see why, especially if you're the type that loves like the original Blade Runner, that I you know, why you'd enjoy this. So I, I could see that.
1: Yeah, so, I think in the future it will get more love. That's all I will say.
0: Yeah, well, my final pick is a movie I was very skeptical about. It is the new version of Father of the Bride, uh, and we've had. Uh, now five films in the Father of the Bride franchise. We've had two with Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor in the 1940s. Then we've had two with Steve Martin and Martin Short and Kimberly Williams Paisley and everything in the 90s. And now we have this. And I've liked every single one of those movies, all five. I've enjoyed. And I I thought that I was a little skeptical about this because uh, the big change, I guess, that they made in this is they have that Andy Garcia, who I love, and um, uh, and Gloria Stefan are having marital problems. And they never really done that with one of these Father of the Bride movies. They never had the um, parents having marital problems. He's about to get a divorce. And then, of course, the daughter comes home, says that she's getting married, and then the madness of planning the wedding and everything. But I think there's just something about this story that just works. <laughs> I, think it's the, I think everybody can relate to it because planning a wedding is a nightmare. And uh, when, it, when your family goes through a big change, that's very stressful. And I think everybody can kind of relate to that. And yes, it's definitely very madcap at certain points as, as the 90s ones were, as the 40s ones were. And... But I, but I don't. Know, I thought this was really cute. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, so. let's not forget that Andy Garcia is a dang handsome man. Like, oh my gosh! Yes. Like agreed. I'm, like I'm, I'm straight, and I still think that Andy Garcia is a handsome man. Yes. <laughs> he has aged like a fine wine, and like seeing him as a younger man, and like say Godfather yeah. Part Three, and seeing him now, it's like all right, maybe some grayer hair, but I mean, like, nothing else has changed. Like, he still, like, like, he could do, like, just for men commercials and pull it off.
0: Yeah, I mean, he looks like a really good 66. I mean, it's impressive. I remember the, um, <laughs> when I first realized that was when he was in book club and in, uh, in Mamma Mia 2 in the same summer i was like this guy he's got it he's great <laughs> not
1: to mention he was fernando i've heard enough abba songs to know like all right fernando is definitely abba's like hottest song like, yeah. for sure and when your cast is fernando from that abba song oh you've got some confidence in you that's for sure
0: yeah So from somebody that was pretty skeptical, I enjoyed it. And the, the, the person who plays the daughter, I'm not sure her, uh, Adria or Rhoda, I think. Uh, And then the other daughter is Isabella Merced from the, um, from the uh, Dora, the Explorer movie. Uh, She's good. They're all good. They have nice chemistry. It feels like a family to me. And uh, it's, It's just funny how something so simple as these Father of the Bride movies, how they just work in any uh, iteration five times now, and there's not that many franchises that you could think of where they've had five movies and they've all been been good.
1: Yeah, the uh, Father of the Bride movies is sleeper hit in terms of quality, huh?
0: Yeah, it really is. So there we go. We did it. We talked HBO Max. So if you're watching, let us know what you think of the things we talked about and what you've been watching on HBO Max. I know they, they've had a ton of stuff. They've had euphoria and all kinds of stuff. So if you're into that, tell us, let's talk about it. I haven't gotten to watch Hacks yet. uh, Season two, uh, but uh, I want to, I just been, Uh, behind but i know that's a really good show as well so yeah let us know what you've been watching ryan how can people find you
1: Uh, they can find me on facebook twitter instagram and letterboxd at ryan cam 20 there's of course my youtube channel which is just called ryan cam as of this recording i have crossed 220 subscribers i'm at actually 221 so thank you all for checking me out it really means a lot uh, on Monday, I dropped a Twilight Zone vlog for the Odyssey of Flight 33, one of the better episodes of season two. And then Life in the Movies dropped, Jacob and I coming back, we're going to be talking about our respective vacations, going to be wrapping up our season one Daredevil coverage by talking about that finale, which I forgot how awesome the ending to that show is, that or that season, I should say. But that ending is just fantastic and so much more after that, and then I will be covering The Black Phone and Elvis. I do plan on seeing both of those, and so, and then on Sunday, I'm going to be continuing my unofficial Pirates of the Caribbean review series. I covered The Curse of the Black Pearl this past Sunday, and so I'm going to be following it up with Dead Man's Chest, so if you all have
0: not checked me out, please do. Oh, that sounds good. I haven't watched those movies since I did my uh, Disney Parks ranking video, but uh, it's, it's an experience. Uh, so yes, this week is a little bit lighter because I've been sick, but we have um, talk, We had Talkie Disney with Josiah and we had the Grease stage to screen a uh, family movie night review on Monday. So I hope y'all enjoyed that and uh thanks everybody and uh, please like this video please subscribe to the channel if you're listening on itunes please leave your ratings and reviews we really really appreciate that and also uh check out the patreon group and merch store Uh, we appreciate that so much and uh we'll talk to y'all later bye everyone bye